Kavanat. Kavanat Shomeya, the listener, Umashmiya, the one that's fulfilling the mitzvah. Now the Gemara is Doresh over here. Katani Mashmiya Dumya de Shomeya. And the fact that the Braita, it says you need Kavanat Shomeya and Mashmiya. So the Gemara is going to learn that there is a similarity between the Shomeya's Kavana and the Mashmiya's Kavana. That what? Mashomeya Shomeya Le'atzmo. The Shomeya, what is this Kavana? For himself, meaning I am listening to the Shofar to fulfill my obligation. Af Mashmiya Mashmiya Le'atzmo. So to the Mashmiya, you know what the Kavana is enough for him to have? That he's fulfilling his obligation. Not somebody else's. So therefore it's enough so long as the Shomeya is Mechavin for himself. And the Mashmiya is Mechavin for himself. So then already, Yeyotzeh. Veketani lo yatsah. What these words means is, if that doesn't happen, which means, if the Mashmiyah doesn't have Kavanah for himself, lo yatsah. But what? If he does have Kavanah for himself, ye yatsah. Mm-hmm. That's against the Mizirah. Because the Mizirah says it's not enough for the Mashmiyah to have Kavanah for himself. The Kavanah, the Mashmiyah have Kavanah for, for the guy, for the person that he's being Motsi. Right, that's why the Bizarre told his uh, Shaliyah, hey, I have this week, have Kavanah for this if, 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 if this is correct, the Bizarre should have just told him, listen, have Kavanah for yourself, and I'll have Kavanah for myself, and we're okay. And like you see, against the Bizarre, because he had said the Mashmiyah, it's enough of that Kavanah for himself, doesn't have to be for the guy, for the Shumayah. So the Bizarre you know what? Ultimately, Tanaehi. Look at Tanaehi in this subject. The Tanya, we have a bright Shumayah, First opinion says, the Shomeya was listening, listens for himself, and the Mashmiya also according to himself, and therefore, as long as they're both having Kavanah to be Yoseh, it's okay. Amar be Yoseh. Maybe he says, no, sir. That's only going to work with a Shaliyah Sibur who has an automatically blanket intent to be Motsi, the people that are there, aval biyachid, by an individual, lo yatsachi it kaven shomeya umashmiya. Just by an individual, the shomeya and the mashmiya have kavana to be motzi that person. So that would be like the bizera. So comes they have a machlok and tanaim to what extent the mashmiya has to have kavana. Is it enough for the mashmiya to have kavana for himself, or does the mashmiya have, have kavana for the? Shomeya, the Bizera obviously held that you have to have explicit kavana for the Shomeya. Uh, if you were Shaliyah Tzibur, that would be considered explicit enough because he has kavana to be Motsi. Everybody. Whereas Tarekamad is glad that no. So long as the Shomeya is having kavana for himself, the Shomeya is having kavana for himself, two people are having kavana to fulfill Ezim Mitzvah, so already it is enough. Obviously, the halakha, we hold that the mashmiya has that kavana to be motzi, not only himself, but the zibut. It has been said that that's why we say, uh, um, before the mitzvah is done, Birshut Morai and the Kav says, Shamayim. What is Shamayim? Shamayim is the Tevot, Shomeya, Mashmiya, Yahdav, Mechavenim. That the Shomeya and the Mashmiya have Kavanah together. But according to our Gemara, we understand not only have Kavanah to themselves, but Yahdam Mechavenim have Kavanah to be Yotzeh, and the Mashmiya has Kavanah to be Motsi, not only himself, but the other people. Comes the 
נקסט משנה. והיה כאשר ירים משה ידו וגבר ישראל. The Jewish people went out to war, so it says, when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted his hands, Klal Yisrael overpowered the enemy. And when he lowered his hands, they lost. So the Gebra says, Bechi yadav shel Moshe osot milchama, oshovrot milchama. What are these magical hands of Moshe Rabbeinu? You tell me that they make war and they break war. His hands go up, they win. Their hands go down, they break war. They lose the war. What's going on? And Adom Alecha. As long as the Jewish people would look up to the heaven, and they would subjugate their hearts to their Father in heaven, then they would already overpower trees. It was depending on if they were up or down, meaning if B'nai Israel would subjugate their hearts. That was indicative of Moshe Rabbeinu put his hands up. That means Am Yisrael was relying on B'nai Olam, then they won. V'im Lav. Which was indicative of Moshe Rabbeinu put his hands down. That means Am Yisrael's Emunah fell, and then Ayuno fled. Then already by the they would fall in the war. So it was really depending on their faith, and that was just indicative as Moshe Rabbeinu by Moshe Rabbeinu raising his hands up or down. Similarly, This was after the fiery serpents attacked Klai Yisrael after they complained in the Midbar. So it says that how did they get healed? So God tells Moshe, make me yourself set up a serpent. Put it on the stick. Put it, you know, up high. Anybody that got bitten by the snake, he will see the snake that's on the stick, the metal snake that they made, and he will live. What is magical here that the, 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 the serpent of, uh, the, that he made, he put on the stick as magical uh, powers to give life or death? That's the point. When I miss it, would look up, meaning up to Akadaz Baruchu in heaven. They would get healed. They would, so to speak, melt. They would be destroyed. So therefore, the uh, the snake that they put on the stick is not looking at the snake. That would cause you to look up to the shamayim. So they look up to the shamayim. Then already the emunah that would heal the person. But if he doesn't, then already that would be his downfall. Okay, but I will uh, go through these things. That's cheresh over here is talking about somebody that is deaf. Uh, usually when it says Kadesh, it means he is deaf and dumb, which means he cannot hear nor talk. In this case over here, however, somebody shouldn't even want to say, since we're talking about Shofar, even if he could talk, but he can't hear, he's not going to be Yotzeh or Motzi, uh, others, when it comes to the obligation of Shofar. Because the main thing of the Shofar is the Shemawah called Shofar, to hear it. And if he cannot hear it, so therefore he cannot be Motzi. Shoteh, obviously somebody that is insane, doesn't have uh, Da'at. Vekatan is a minor. They cannot fulfill the uh, rabim, the masses, their obligation. And the Rashad says, why does it say the masses? It can just say, in your team, not only masses, even one person they cannot be motzi. Yeah, it's a question on the Mishnah. But the point is, since they themselves are not obligated in the mitzvah, they cannot uh, uh, fulfill the obligation of others. There's the rule. Anybody that's not obligated in an item, they cannot fulfill their obligation for others. Okay, now the Gemara begins. We have a bright, I call Hayavim, 
Everybody's obligated in the Tiki'ah of the Shofar. Kohanim, Leviim, V'Yisraelim, Gerim, converts, Abadim Mishuchalarim, that's an Evid Kenani, that was freed. As long as he's an Evid Kenani, he has the deen of a lady. Whatever mitzvot a lady is obligated, and he's obligated. Whatever she's pitura, for example, mitzvot tasesh as man So therefore, every kanani, as long as he's a slave, he's patur. Vetumtum, tumtum is somebody that is closed up, which means we don't know if he's a male or a female. Where the, where the organ is, it's sealed over there, and then we cannot tell if he's a zakhar or a nekeba. They call that a fellow a tumtum. Vadroginos, adroginos is he has two simanim. He has the zakhrut and he has the nakbut. And for that matter, somebody that's half Evid, half free. Now, how do you have a case of half Evid, half free? You have, let's say, partners owning Evid, Kenani. So one of the partners freed his Helik of the partner, of the Evid, and the other guy retained ownership. So technically, half of the guy is free, and half of the guy is Evid. So that guy also, according to his bright, is Hayab in Shofar. How do you analyze Tumtum, the tumtum, eno motzi, lo etmino, velo etsheenomino. Well, the tumtum cannot fulfill the obligation of another tumtum. Why? Because we don't know what this tumtum is. If the tumtum is a zakhar, then for sure he can fulfill the obligation. But let's say the tumtum that's blowing the shofar is really a nekeba. And the other tumtum is a zakhar, so a nekeba cannot be motzi a. Zakar. So therefore, a tumtum cannot be motzi, another tumtum is obligation. And certainly, a tumtum cannot be motzi, anybody else. That's not a tumtum, meaning a zakar, a regular full-fledged male. Because on the side that he's a dekeva, so certainly, he cannot be motzi. So that's the first law. Androgenos motzi et mino, avalo et mino. With the androgenos, he can fulfill another androgenos' obligation. Because an androgynos is what he is. Which is, if he's a... We don't know how to classify the androgynos. So if you want to say that he's a zakhar, so if this androgynos is a zakhar, the other one's a zakhar. If he's a nekeva, the other one's a nekeva. So therefore, androgynos can fulfill the obligation of the androgynos, which is all the same, which is the, the, the difference between the tumtum and androgynos is the tumtum, we have a sephic what he is. Is he a zakhar or nekeva? Well, the androgynos, we know what he is. It is what he is. So therefore... <laughs> and then the other guy says, Zakhrut, Nakbut, Nakbut. However, the Androgos cannot be Motsi, Enomino, meaning a regular Zakhar. That uh, cannot be Motsi. Okay? Regular Zakhar. Now, next case. Mishatio Ebed Gashio Ben Horin. Enomotsi, Lo Etmino, Velo Etsi Enomino. Now, Hatsi Ibn Hatsi Ben Horin cannot fulfill another Hatsi Ibn Hatsi Ben Horin. Why? Because you have over here half Evid. Now the Evid side of him is exempt. So therefore you cannot fulfill another Hatsi Hatsi case because the Evid side cannot be Motsi, the Harut side of the other guy. <coughs> Again, you have Hatsi or Evid, Hatsi or Ben Hodin. The Evid side of him is exempt. So the Evid side of him cannot be Motsi, the Harut side of the one that he's trying to be Motsi. Nor certainly can Hatsi Evid, Hatsi Ben Hodin fulfill the obligation of a regular. Male, because a regular male is totally free. The Hatsi Ayyavid has half Patur side, half, uh, half Abdul. Amar Mor, the governor analyzed me. Everybody's obligated in the Shofar. So the governor says, Peshita. Uh, what do you mean? 
לכעוס, כהנים נביאים ישראלים. אי יענה לו מחייבה, מה מחייבה? אף כהנים נביאים ישראלים אלא גם יחייב, זה לא זכרים יחייב, זה קייסר, קייסר זה מיידה כמובן אז לא, כהנים צריך עליה, וחדש הזה כהנים החייב אין שופר, וואי. סתם כזה רק אמין, או אילו כתיב, יום תרועה יהיה לכם, וואי, ראש השנה הוא רוצה להגיד, זה יום תרועה. מאן דלת האלה בתקיעה דאחד יומה, הוא דמחייב. I would say only the sect of people that have one day a year שופר. זה חייב אין שופר, יום תרועה. והאמי כהנים, as opposed to the כהנים, these כהנים, הואיל ואיתנו בתקיעות לכל השנה. וכהנים הבלורים ושופר, all year long. וכתיב, ותקעתם בסוסרות על עולותיכם. Which means all year long when they bring the Olah, every day in the Bet HaMikdash, they were blowing the Shobarot. So I would have thought maybe Kohanim are not obligated. Because the Torah says Yom Teruah. Only the sect of people that today is the day that they blow Shobar. As opposed to Kohanim that they blow Shobar all year long, maybe they're exempt from Shobar. Ema lo nechaibu. Kama shma'alan. That's why Gavrat says, no, they're really Kohanim. Are obligated in the Tikiot of Rosh Hashanah. So the Gavrat says, Midameh. What are you talking about? Is it uh, analogous? Hata am chasoserot. Hacha shofar. All year long, they didn't blow shofar all year long. They blew the trumpets in the Beth HaMikdash. So therefore, why would I think Kwanim are exempt from Rosh Hashanah because they're blowing trumpets all year long? So we're back to the question. What do you have to tell me? Kwanim, Levim, Israelim, isn't it obvious? And don't tell me that the Hadush is, oh, I would have thought Kwanim since they're blowing shofar all year long, And it's not the Yom Teruah, only the sect that blows it today, as opposed to all year long. That's not a good uh, 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 Hadush, because they don't blow Shofar all year long uh, either. They blow the Asasarot all year long. So what's the Hadush? So the Gemara says, Ela Etzterich, I need to tell you Kohanim. Fakadat HaKamina u'il v'etnaan shaveh ha-yovel l'rosh ha-shana. And we learned in our Mishnah that the Yovel, the Yom Kippur of Yovel, is similar to Rosh Hashana, on two counts. Litzkiah, that both of them, you have to blow Shofar, as we know, we blow the Shofar, not only on the Shana, but on the 50th year of Yovel on Kippur, and also, just like we do it on Rosh Hashanah, Musaf, they would do it on Yom Kippur of the 50th year. So, obviously, there's a connection between Yovel and Rosh Hashanah. So, I would say like this, man Yovel, Those people that are subject to the mitzvah of Yovel, they're connected to the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah of the Shofar. And these Kohanim, however, these Kohanim, they're not, they're not subject to the laws of Yovel. How do we know that? The Tnan, Kohanim v'levim, mochrim le'olam, v'go'alim le'olam. Which really means Kohanim and Levim, they can sell whenever they want, and they can redeem whenever they want. And we'll see what that means in a minute. So since they're not subject to the laws of Yovel, I might think they're not subject to the laws of Shofar. And yes, indeed, Kohanim are indeed obligated. Now, what is this law that we are referring to? So let's go, let's read part of this Rashi here. <coughs> Let's read uh, Rashi over here. Look at Rashi where, in the middle over here where it says, Umahu go'alim le'olam. See where it says in the Rashi, Dafchat Zayin? 
דיבור מתחיל, דביג ראשי, דמוכרים לעולם וגועדים לעולם. אמרתי ראשי שדירים ומצאים גרסאות עובד היום לגמרא, ואני אגיד את הפירוש של מה זה. ומהו גועלים לעולם? מה זה אומר כשהם יכולים להדים תמיד? לפי שנאמר בישראל, כוסבאי ישראל, מה זה אומר? במוכר בית ערי חומה. If a person, let's say, sells a property that he has in a walled city, a city that was walled in the times of Yeshua ben Nun, ve'im lo yigael ad melot lo shana temima nechlat, which means he has one year, the seller, to buy it back. That's called geulah. He sold the property, but everybody knows if it's a bate'ir choma, it's a one-year uh, return uh, policy. After the year's over, it's nechlat. It becomes finalized the sale, there's no geula. That's why he's saying, Aval bilviyin geula t'olam t'yeh alviyin. They sell one of their properties in the world city, a Kohen and Levi, they can redeem it whatever they want. There's no one-year uh, cap on their sales. That's, now again, that's not a, your veil issue, by the way. That's the stam of law of Bate Ali Homa. She's just giving you, huh? They can't own property. Can they, they can. They do. Ancestral, they, they, I guess they bought. They bought their own ancestral property. They were Yodesh and Tzadzi Yoshua. Can they, they can have property. They can buy. They just don't have a Yerusha on, on property that were given when they split the land. Next case. A person sells uh, his property, let's say. Sadeh Ahuzah is ancestral property, right? Which means when he sells, you can't redeem your property before two years, which is outside of a walled city. Outside of a walled city, the, if you're selling your ancestral property, you do have a right to redeem it back. However, you can't redeem before two years. The sale's got to be at least two years. Then after two years, you want to come back and buy it back, you can buy it back. Levi sells a piece of land, he can make the Geula immediately. He, he sold it on Monday, he can make the Geula on Tuesday. He don't got to wait two years. Lefish and Emar, the Magdish said, Ahuzav, even though you get it to Sadeh, Be'alim, Umacha, okay, fine. Even though you get it to Sadeh. Now, Be'alim, Be'alim, Umachar Gizbar et Sadeh Le'ish Acher, the case is like this. If the owners did not, let's say, redeem the field, let's say now they sold it to the Beit uh, Hamikdash. They made it. Uh, they gave it to the Beit Hamikdash. The treasurer of the Beit Hamikdash has the property now, right? So what did the Gizbar do? The Gizbar is the treasurer. He in turn went and sold it to Ishahid. He went and sold it to another guy. Which is once Yovel comes. Your veil comes, all properties return to its owner. Now, this Israel sold it, he gave it to the Gizbar. The Gizbar sold it to another guy. Now, your veil comes. Who gets the property? The Gizbar gets it. Kwanim get it. Doesn't go back to the original. That's the regular law of Israel. That normally, if he sells the property and your veil comes, the property goes back to the original owner. Mashe'enken, if the Gizbar of the Beit HaMikdash gets the property from him, from the Israel, and the Gizbar sells it to who he wants to, when your veil comes, it returns back to Kohanim. However, However, when it comes to a Levi, 
let's say same thing would happen, and the Gizbar would sell the Levi's property to somebody else, when Yovel comes, they get it. They have Gehulal, they have no matter what happens. And therefore, you see what? This is the Karlo that we need to see in our Alakaya. Yovel doesn't apply to Kwanim and Nevi'im. Because normally, the, the Yovel will say what? That if the, the, the property returns to its say, original owner at the time of, uh, of Yovel, which means when it comes to, 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 that, to, to that point. But shaken over here, when it comes to Kwanim and Nevi'im, first of all, they're able to redeem not only. Uh, when Yovel comes, they can be uh, redeeming even the next day. Before the Yovel comes, they can make a redemption. Secondly, when the property is sold by the Gizbar, the property does not return to the, uh, to the Gizbar, but the property returns to the original owner. In this case, if it was a Levi, it returns to the Levim. Explicitly. That which we say, that they don't apply to Yovel, He's Magdish. Talk about a guy, let's say he didn't sell a piece of land, he's sanctified, he consecrated a property. He didn't redeem it, he consecrated it, the Beit HaMikdash owns it. The Gizbar sold it. Which means, if a person, let's say, took a uh, piece of property, Egdish, who gets the Egdish? The Beit HaMikdash. Good? Once, and the Beit HaMikdash took it now, and they sold it to a, a third party. Okay? Once your veil comes, your veil, according to the regular Israel, brings it back to the Gizbar. The Gizbar gets it. However, when it comes to a Levi, even if the Gizbar sells it, doesn't matter. The Levi can always redeem it back himself, which is the Yovel, doesn't bring it back to the original owner when it comes to the Levim, because the original owner now is the Gizmar, Gizmar has it now, it's sold to him, and he sold it to a third party, so it goes to, goes to, to, to the Gizmar, now Sheikh and Levim are not subject to that law, he makes it like this, goes to the Beit HaMikdash, they give it to somebody else, Yovel comes, doesn't matter, still give it back to the Levi. so therefore he's not, he can redeem it, meaning, because he still has redemption powers, Always. Normally the Israel finished. Once your veil comes, it's finished. There's no more redeeming uh, powers. The Beit HaMikdash owns it. Mm-hmm. Finished. It becomes their property. Where the Levi can always redeem it back to himself. So you see the laws of your veil do not apply. So I would have thought, since your veil doesn't apply, so Shofar doesn't apply, because we have the Hekesh, Kamasvalah, that even Kwanim are obligated. Mm-hmm. So she says the Mukhrim is not Dafka. The main thing is the Ekdesh. The Ekdesh. In the case where you made an Ekdesh, there'll be a difference between when your veil comes, who can make Yehuda? You say, I cannot make Yehuda anymore. It's over. Mashaykh and Levi can still make Yehuda even after your veil is finished. Come to Gemaran says, Misha Hatshur Ebed, Hatshur Ben Hodin. And the guy is half Ebed, half Ben Hodin. Eno Motsi, Lo et Mino, that you'd say, he's not Motsi. Another Hatsi Hatsi. Why? Because his Ibn side cannot be Motsi, the Harut side. It's Enomino. It cannot be Motsi regular, Yisrael, because uh, he has Abdut, the other guy is totally Harut. Amaravuna, Ulaatsmo. Ulaatsmo, Motsi. But himself, he can be Motsi. The guy himself, the Hatsi Ibn, Hatsi Ben Horin, he can blow the Shabbat himself. What's the reason why I cannot be Mutsi others? Because he's not Mutsi. 
just like he cannot be mochi others, because the abdut side of him cannot be mochi the hirut side of somebody else, so the abdut side of himself cannot be mochi the hirut side of himself. So therefore the hadsi, haibat hatsibarik, should not even be able to be mochi himself because of this reason. Ela amar Rav Nachman, afla afmo in a mochi. So you're right. But now I want to say, even himself, he cannot be mochi. Why? Because he has zef, haibat zef, ben onim, the abdut side cannot be mochi the... Even though he fulfilled his obligation, he can still fulfill somebody else's obligation. This is based on the principle of Kol Yisrael Arevim At the time the Jewish people received the Torah, they received the dual obligation. They received an obligation for themselves, but they also received an obligation for Klai Yisrael. And that what? That it's their obligation to see to it that not only they're going to fulfill the mitzvah, but that Abishan is going to fulfill the mitzvah. Therefore, for example, if let's say you have the mitzvah of Kiddush, person made Kiddush already on Leil Shabbat. He did it already. Now all of a sudden there's another Jew who says, I didn't make Kiddush yet. I make it. I don't know how to make it. According to the Gemara over here, the fellow that made Kiddush already once can make it a second time. What do you mean? My name is Yatsa. He did the Kiddush already. It doesn't matter. Kevan Yatsa, Motsi. Even though you were Yotse, you can still be Motsi. And what's the mechanics? How does this work? Because really I'm still considered obligated. So long as there's a Jew in Klal Yisrael that did not fulfill the mitzvah, there's a hayyuv on me as well. That's the deen of uh, Arbut. And therefore, for example, Megillah is there. The person read the Megillah himself with the Berachot. Now there's another Jew. I didn't hear the Megillah. Make the Berachot, read the Megillah film. And you can do it 600,000 times until every single Jew in Klal Yisrael hears the Megillah. We don't say, well, you read it already. You're covered. No. Keban Motzi, that even though he was Yotze, now I he could still be Motzi, others. others. Look at However, when it comes to Berkat Nehenim, Example, eating bread and wine. It's only an example. Food. If I'm going to eat, and you're going to eat, so I can say the beracha for both of us, and we're going to eat from the partake from the eating, no problem. However, if I'm not planning on eating, I can't say, I give you the bread and you eat and I don't eat. Because there's no deen of arbut on that. The way that she says is, for that matter, any fruit, right? not cannot benefit this world without a Why? Don't don't benefit. Don't make a beracha. She's not obligated to eat. As if there's no arbut that I can make the beracha and the bread or the perot and you eat. If I'm eating with you, I can make the barakah for you. If not, not. So there's a difference between barakah and mitzvot and barakah and nehenim. Come together now and ask the question. Bye, Rabbi.
ברכת הלחם של מסע וברכת היין של קידוש היום, מהו? What about the המוציא לחם מן הארץ that you make at the time that you eat the matzah on Pesach or the Borepriya Gefen that's part of the Kiddush? What's the question? Well, Kevan de Chovahu Mapik. Do we say that since they're connected to a Chovah, which means you cannot make Al Achidat Matzah, which is the Mitzvah, unless you make a Motzi Lechem Aris, because you've got to eat the, the Matzah. So do I say that this type of, this type of Hamotzi is different than a regular Hamotzi? This Hamotzi is connected to mandatory eating. Same thing with the Gefen. I cannot make Kiddush, Mechanism Shabbat, for example, unless I make whatever they give, because I've got to taste some of the wine. So now this gift is a different type of gift. This gift is connected to a mitzvah. And therefore, maybe I'm the dean of a chobah. Oh, do I say? Oh, Dilma, Beracha, Lav Chobai. Or do I split it? No, no, no. This Beracha is not mandatory. This Beracha is not mandatory. I don't care if it's connected to a mitzvah. So how do you judge a Beracha that's connected to a mitzvah? Tashema, the Amar of Asher. When we were buying a pepe, Hava Mikadesh Lam. He made Kiddush for us. Let's say you're a little Shabbat. Vichi Hava Ate Arise Nidabra Hava Mikadesh Deu. When the sharecroppers came from the field, it seems the sharecroppers in the field, they came late on Friday night. They, came, they worked to the end right to, to, to sunset. So therefore, they would come late on Lil Shabbat. So what did the pepe do? He made Kiddush again for them. Smash, made the whole Kiddush. So what do you see? That the Berachav, Gefen of the Kiddush, is like a Berachav Mitzvah, which means he can say, Borepriya Gefen, Mekadesh Shabbat, he doesn't even have to drink. Give it straight to them. What do you mean? You made Borepriya Gefen. Doesn't matter. Just like that. That's Mitzvah. Just like you're able to, the, 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 you, you would say, right? It's like you're able to make Achilat Matzah, same thing. You can take the Berachav, Motzir Lechamin Aaretz, Al Achilat Matzah, do it. I hate it already. I have a film obligation. Doesn't matter. This is considered, you don't even have to take a little drop. Nothing. You say already. Doesn't matter. Give a chance. I'm see. I can see others' uh, obligation uh, as well. So you can make the beracha in this case as well. Come to get what says. Come to get what says. Tarun Abbanan. Yes, I've done as well. When it comes to Borea Aesh, Besamee can always make it again. That's not a problem. The problem is Borea Mora Aesh, the whole question if you could be Motsi, uh, if you did it once, could you be Motsi others? But all the other Berachot of the Abdallah, you can make Besamee as many times as you want, as long as you smell it. And the other Berachot of Amadil, Kivachi Atta Motsi. You can make Abdallah for all Christ, as long as somebody has an obligation. Shabbat and Motsi would be the same thing. Shabbat and Motsi is a little bit of You have to eat the bread. If you were, if you, if there's an obligation to eat the bread on Shabbat, you have, everybody has an obligation to mitzvah. So therefore, could be even on a, on, on, on a, on a, on a Shabbat with Jehayuf to eat bread. If you ate already, and now somebody needs to have the beragah, you can make it also, because the eating is considered the eating of a, uh, eating of a mitzvah. Uh-huh, so not, not only the eating, it's the eating with a mitzvah attached to it. Right? Tarot of Banan. We have a brighter. A person should not break bread for his guests, unless he's eating with them. Which means you cannot say, I'm going to give you a guest to eat, and you don't eat. That's the rule we said there. You want to be able to see them, you have to eat yourself. Amazing, But you can do this for your children in order to train them in the mitzvot. So you want to teach the children to make berachot. So you're not eating bread that night. 
you could say, and give them to eat. Dad, you're not eating, you don't have to eat. I'm just giving them the, the training of the mitzvah itself. Now the Beit Yosef says, not only your children, for that matter, any child. Any child, the Klai Yisrael, it's given, I just spoke in the normal case, you're not eating. How are you doing? You'll have to touch bread if you don't wash. You can't eat the bread if you don't wash. So therefore, pick up the bread, say, I'm an artist, and give them to eat. Did it back? Give them, give them uh, even more than a kazai. The point is, when it comes to this uh, logic here, making a berachah batala, which means saying a berachah like this, is only a sudra banan. Because you're saying it in a berachah. God's name in vain is only when you say God's name just for nothing. Here, I'm saying God's name in the context of a blessing. So that's called the berachah batala, but it's only a banan. So in the case where you want to mechanech your children, the rabbis wave the Yisud Rabbanan Berachal Batala in order to give Hinuch your children. That's the Dva understands. Gemara continues, Ubehalel, Ubemegillah, Afapishi Yatsam Motzi. Very good, like the law that we said uh, above. It is a digital brighter. That when it comes to Halel, even though you are Yotzeh, for example, Halel on holiday, we say Berachal, Gorta Halel, you can say Gorta Halel again for somebody else and fulfill their obligation even though you were Yotzeh. And the same thing with Megillah. I mean, the Megillah to say like that, as the example we gave above, you can say the Megillah many times over even though you did it yourself. Hadran And now we begin the final Perik of Masechah Rosh Hashanah with the first Mishnah. Yom Tov Shel Rosh Hashanah. Shechal Yot B'Shabbat. Let's say the first day of Rosh Hashanah that falls out on Shabbat. In the Mikdash, Hayu Tokain. They would vote the Shofar. According to Rashi, Rashi understands the Mikdash is actually Harabayas, the actual Temple Mount itself. No other area is called Mikdash besides the Harabayat. Harabayat has a different understanding. He learns Mikdash is actually Harabayat and Yerushalayim. And Yerushalayim. So we're going to follow Rashi here. That she's holding, it is Harabait specifically. Hava lo be Medina. But they would not blow shofar on Rosh Shanaf Shabbat in the Medina. And she says, lo be not in Jerusalem, but lo be and not in its, uh, in its provinces, in its surrounding cities. Meshachalab bet ha-Mikdash. But once the bet ha-Mikdash was destroyed, hitkin rabban Yohanan ben Zakai, shiyu tokin bechol makom sheyesh bo bedin. Which is at that point, the Yohanan made a takana that any place that has an official bedin, so then already uh, they're going to be mitakan to blow the shofar. Now the Tosafot has a question over it. Tosafot says, if you remember, we learned in Masechet uh, Sukkah, similar law regarding uh, lulab. Now we said originally in the Beit HaMikdash, they would take the lulab on Shabbat, right? On Yom Tov, Yishot, Shachadu, Shabbat. And after the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, it doesn't say that they made it to Kana that people outside the Beit HaMikdash, where there's a Beddin, can shake the Lulav. So why, when it came to Shofar, after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, they made a dispensation on Shabbat outside the Beit HaMikdash, and they didn't make by Lulav. Mm-hmm. So look at the Tosafot. Huh? Look at the Tosafot. Tosafot over here, the first Tosafot in the Perek. Start from... So the middle. 
ובגבולין מאשרות בזמן שם בית המקדש קיים לא הותר בשום מקום. אבל כן תשאול לולב, there was never a tear after בית המקדש to take it on the first day. what's the difference ויש לומר? ושופר הוא להעלות זכרוניהם שישראל לביהם שבשמיים לא רצו לבטל לגמרי. Which means שופר is different. שופר reminds and brings the תפילות of כלי ישראל up to הקדוש ברוך הוא. So they didn't want to nullify the mitzvah in totality, which means on Shabbat Rosh Hashanah, if you're not going to blow anywhere, no one's going to have Shofar that year. So therefore the rabbis, because the importance of the mitzvah of Shofar, the B'yachanan said, listen, no better than that, you're blowing away the betin. Okay? Now, the chemad, tikkun dechad betin, tikkun dechom akom sheyesh betin. Which is once already, the B'yachanan second hour was wherever they did, in front of betin, So not only in front of one betin, wherever there's a betin in Klai Yisrael, the B'yohanan says you're able to blow the shofar. Afapisha was not a bite, lo'ya ila the Mikdash, Tavka. Even though it's the time of the Mikdash, there's only one place. So it comes out after the Mikdash, they blew it in more places than they did at the time of the Mikdash. Why? Because you can't swear, you can't say, why this betin is not that betin? So Eli said, once there's a betin over there, you can blow the shofar after the Mikdash. And so this explains why shofar is different than lulav. Comes the Gemara and says, אמר רבי אלעזר, רבי אלעזר ססו, לא התקין רבן יוחנן בן זכאי, אלא ביבנה בלבד. He says now, you misunderstand רבי יוחנן's תקנה. His תקנה was not in front of any בטין, it was only in front of the בטין that sat in יבנה, which is actually the סנהדין גדולה, the בטין of 70 רבייס, 71 רבייס, which is then סנהדין גדולה. So we have a great מחלוק at the extent of רבי יוחנן's Was it any place in the Betin? And when we say any place in the Betin, we refer to a Betin of 23 judges. Not a Betin of three judges. 23 judges, which is the court of the Nene Fashot. Every, every place that has 23 judges, which was five different cities that have these 23 judges, that's where they blow the Shofar. The Biyazah says, no, the Shofar is only blown Yavne, because the Sanhedrin did go to Yavne, and that's where, uh, that's where they sat, and that's where the Shofar is blown. Now, incidentally, not only Yavne, the Gemara is going to tell us that the Sanhedrin went through different <laughs> exiles. So wherever the Sanhedrin get exiled, that's where the Shofar was brought according to the Yohanan. Amrulo, so the rabbis tell him back, Echad Yavne, Echad Kol Makom Sheyeshbo Betin. So they tell him back, Yavne, as well as any place that has a Betin. Now we have to see what, what's different than the first Shita and this Shita that they told them back. Yeah. The first Shita said, Tarekama, wherever there's a Betin, they blow. To be, Al-Azakil says, no, only Yavne. The rabbis come back and say, no, no, not only Yavne, anywhere. He told us that originally. So what's between Tarekama and this uh, third opinion, we'll call it. Another Gemara will, uh, will discuss that. Comes the Gemara and says, Ve'od zot ayta Yerushalayim yitira al Yavne. There's another benefit that Yerushalayim had over Yavne. Now, we did not say the first benefit. The Gemara will say what was the first benefit. Gemara's question. But the point is, there is another advantage that Yerushalayim has over Yavne. Shekol ir, shiro'ah, veshoma'at, ukrova'ah, v'yechola lavo' tuk'in. Ubi'yavne, do'ayu tuk'in, ela bebed din bilvad. Which literally means obey any city. that's able to see Yerushalayim from where it is. It's a little elevated, right? So you're able to see Jerusalem from this city. which means it's close enough where you're able to hear, let's say, what's going on in Yerushalayim, specifically the Shofar, 
meaning it's not separated by water, meaning it's within the tomb, tochim, which means you're able to blow the shofar in those areas as well. But when it comes to Yavne, in Yavne they only blew in the actual uh, place of the Betin. Now what is this talking about? Is this talking about this man... If you don't blow in Yerushalayim at all. You blow in the Harabayim. So this must be talking about what? After the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, where the Betin was not in Yavne yet, the Betin was in Yerushalayim proper. And therefore it's coming to tell you that when the Betin was in Yerushalayim, not only did they blow the Shofar by the Betin in Yerushalayim, but all the surrounding cities of Yerushalayim also get shofar. Masheikah, when the Seredi moved to Yavne, it was only Yavne. So there's an advantage that Jerusalem gets. Again, when the Beit HaMikdash was Kayav, it was only an Arabayat. Finished, nothing to do with Yerushalayim. We're talking about an interim period, after the Hurban, before Yavne. So the Beit HaMikdash was in Yerushalayim still. So the Hadush in Jerusalem, you know, because that's the Beit But not only Yerushalayim. Anybody can see it, close to it, access it. Also, close to Shabbat over there. Masha'enke, when it came to Yavne, only Yavne in front of the Betin. But not anything next to Yavne. That's the point. That's the point. Nothing next to Yavne. Okay. Now we start the Gemara. How do you know this? How do you know what? How do you know that you didn't blow the shofar on Shabbat outside of Arabayat? Shabbat Rosh Hashanah outside of Arabayat. How do you know you don't blow the shofar? Amar Rabbi Hamabar Harina says Shabbaton Zichron Teruah. The day of remembrance of Shofar. Today of Shofar. So make up your mind. Is it a remembrance or is it a day? Can be Yom Tov Shachaliyot the Shabbat. Can be Yom Tov Shachaliyot behold. As comes out, this is the Torah. The Torah is telling you that on Shabbat you don't blow the Shofar. It's Zichron. And on Hol Yom Teruah. So we're giving you it's a biblical uh, item of it. That gives it out from the rabbis got this answer. The Torah is telling you Sometimes you blow the shofar, sometimes you don't blow the shofar. First of all, you tell me to go to the What you did you can wave the, the laws of the Rabbanan the Betamikdash in Shabbat the Mikdash. But if you tell me it's a Torah law, Zichron to Adra, Shabbat, you don't blow the shofar. How could you wave it in your Betamikdash? You don't wave the writers in the Betamikdash. Well, the Betamikdash is not any different than anywhere else. You have to be religious in the Betamikdash also. That's where the first Pesukhin to tell you it's Mutar. Torah says, Olad Shabbat the Shabbatot. But Pesuk says it. But Shaykhan over here doesn't say anywhere that the Betamikdash is a special dispensation. So it comes to give us the Be'od. We have another question. Halab Benachai. <laughs> the blowing of the shofar is not even considered a melacha on Shabbat, by the way. It's tarikhra which means it shouldn't be asud at all. Why, why would shofar be asud on Shabbat? Because you tell me it's a melacha. No. In the second Shabbat, we learned blowing the shofar is called the chokhmah. 
It's called a skill, but it's not called a melacha. So therefore, again, what I'm saying, if it was... You're telling me you have a pasuk that I tell you, Zikron, why you're not allowed to blow Shabbat on Shabbat? What are you talking about? It's not, it's not even a suit to blow Shabbat on Shabbat in the Torah. Why, why would the Torah oser Shabbat on something that's really not a melacha? Why the Tana the Bishmuel call melechet avoda lotas? So that's why Shabbat can't do work. Yatsa yatsat kiat shofar v'ridiat tapat. That's taking the bread off the side of the oven. That used to have the special, uh, uh, you know, marda uh, uh, they called it. That was like a um, spatula, a long wooden spatula that we used to scrape the right, scrape the uh, bread off the wall. So the Gemara says shehi chokma ve'ena melacha. It takes expertise to do it, but it's not considered a melacha. You're not allowed to blow the shofar. So therefore, the Gemara says, "What are you telling me? You tell me a Torah, the Torah is going to tell me zechron through Adar on Shabbat. You can't blow the shofar. Why can't you blow the shofar? So it's not even a melacha. So it doesn't make sense to learn that song on a biblical level." So the Gemara says, "El Abarava." Everybody's obligated to blow the shofar. But not everybody knows how to blow the shofar. The sounds. Gizera, sheme yitelenu biyado. He might take it with his hands. Ve'yelech etzel abakil elmod. He's going to take it to the expert to learn how to blow the shofar. What's the problem with that? Ve'yavirenu dalad amod. Reshut rabim. He's going to carry it for amod in the public domain. So it's a gizera that you might come to carry the shofar. Ve'ayinu tamad delulav. That's the same reason why we don't shake the delulav on the first day of the sukkot that falls on a shabbat. Ve'ayinu tamad demegira. Now, if Megillah comes out also on Shabbat, meaning in Eretz Yisrael, the 15th, also they do not take the uh, Megillah, because Gezerah, they might come to carry it. Now, let's analyze this uh, Gezerah for a moment. The Gemara clearly says that the Gezerah is that you might carry it for a moth in the public domain. So Tosfot points out, but we did not make a Gezerah that he might go from the private domain to the public domain. Why don't you just make a simple Gezerah? The guy might take it out of his house. And bring it to the, to the experts. So bring it out. I'll go for the Shutta Yachid, the Shutta Rabim. The Gemara doesn't say that. The Shema Yachavirinu Dalit Amot the Shutta Rabim. So the Tosfot says because now you have a hekir. A person is going to know. He sees the difference between the Shutta Yachid and Shutta Rabim. That's too much of a uh, of a separation or of an obvious haluk in the Shuyot to make such a mistake. So we're worried about a case where the Shofar is already in the Shutta Rabim. So the guy might just pick it up and walk for Amot to the Shutta Rabim, and that's already going to become, as that's what the Gemara chose, the Shutta Rabim, as opposed to the Shutta Yachid to the Shutta Rabim. So it comes out, it's only a Gezerah with Rabbanan. Right? The rabbis obeyed a, uh, such a degree. Such a so the question then is, what is the Torah mean when it says Zichron Zichron Torah, meaning the Torah says you can blow it. So you have to say that Zichron Torah means that not only you have to blow the Shofar, but you have to mention the Shofar in the Tefillah. Don't we have Pesukim Shofarot? So then we have to mention Zichron, make sure in the Tefillah there'll be Pesukim that will mention the Shofar itself. Zichron Torah. Now it happens to be on Shabbat in the Tefillah we do say Zichron Torah instead of Yom Torah. So we take the original Dirashah, even though it's rejected, even though Zichron Torah is not going on Shabbat. Zichron Torah is going on every year. 
every year you have to mention the Shofar and the Tefirah. But uh, the Gemara did bring it. So we don't call Shabbat Yom Teruah. We call Shabbat Zichron Teruah in the Tefirah. According to the Avamina of the Gemara. We kept that point. Comes the Gemara continues. Comes the Gemara continues. Mishahara Bet HaMikdash. When the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed, it came to be Yohanan Ben Zakai. So the guy made a takana that they blow the shofar uh, in the place where they have a bedin. Tarab Banan, we have a bright time. It came out of Shnaut on Shabbat. Vayu kol arim mitkanesim. All the uh, cities were gathering, as she says, Lesham, Lishmoa, Yavne. She used to be they blow it in Yerushalayim. Not that it was not in Yerushalayim. They were in Yavne, so everybody was gathering uh, to, to, to hear the Shofar. They always would do it in uh, Yerushalayim, where the Sanhedrin was. So now they tell uh, Yohanan, okay, they're here to hear the Shofar, blow it for them. Amru lo nidon. So they say, hey, we have to sit down and judge it, we have to analyze it. Which means, the question over here was, what's the reason why you can blow it in front of Betin? Especially Betin, Agadol, and Yavne. The logic is, we're not worried about somebody who's going to carry. Betin's not going to carry the Shofar. I mean, if you only blow the Shofar in, in front of Betin, so Betin's able to monitor the situation. We're not worried about people going to come to okay. carry the Shofar. So therefore, the Bihar Anan held. It doesn't apply over here. The blood of Shofar. Ben Betin said, oh, let's, uh, let's analyze it before. Because even though we're not worried about, let's say, the Betin in Yavne, but maybe subsequent Betedinim are not going to be as great as the Betin in Yavne. And therefore, we have to analyze exactly the extent to this, uh, this law. So what does the Yohanan say? Listen. Blow the shofar this year. Then we'll sit down and judge. The whole thing is Yisut Rabbanam are discussing over here. So when it comes to Yisut Rabbanam, you're able to do an action and then sit down and... Anyway. Like if there was a Torah situation over here, of course the Yohanan would say, okay, let's sit down and uh, first let's, let's deliberate. Since the whole thing is Rabbanam, somebody might carry the shofar, and you're in front of Bedin, so the Yohanan says, they're all here already. Blow the shofar... And then we'll sit down and judge if next year you want to do it or whatever it is. So they blew the shofar. So now what happened? Amru lo nidon. So then the Torah come along and tell the Yohanan, okay, let's sit down and uh, analyze if this is proper, we should do this next year. Amalehem kevan nishmea kerin beyavne. Already the shofar was heard in Yavne. Ve'en mishivim le'achar ma'aseh. Which means, what are you going to retract it? We did it already. What do you want to judge now? If we were right or wrong, it's a good night now. Now Ben is going to say we made a mistake. Now, all the people uh, did it already. And therefore, they say, yeah. It's a good night. He got his will. He said, okay, we'll judge. We'll blow the Shabbat and we'll judge. Okay, we'll blow the Shabbat and let's judge. What are you going to judge now? We did it already. So therefore, finished. He got the Takana in Yavdev to blow the Shabbat. No, what are you asking? How many judges? How many do you need for a good thing? Three? No, not for a good thing. We're talking about the 23 judges or in had 71 judges. There are some Michigan that say three, but we're going to Shittot that say when the Yohanan made the original Tekanah that every place is a bad thing, that's 23 judges. Right? And Yavdeh had the 71. Okay? Now, 
Comes the Gemara and concludes here. So that's what they established in Yavne. Amar bi el Azad. Loet kineb Yochanan mitzakele bi Yavne bilvad. He says, listen. At that moment, when they made the Takana, it was only in Yavne. It wasn't every single betin of twenty-three. Amru lo echad Yavne veechad kol nakoshe shor betin. So the Rabbi says, no, 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 no. When the Yochanan said Yavne, it didn't only Yavne. Anywhere it was a betin of twenty-three. You do it. So I told we have a machlok in what the Yohanan's takana was. How, how far? So the Gemara says, Amru lo, I do tanakama. So what are you talking about? This third opinion in the Mishnah, the third opinion is tanakama. Because what did the tanakama say? Kol makom shiyez bo bedi. Then the Yohanan says, no, only Yavne. Then the third rabbi comes along and says, not only Yavne, any place where there's a bedi. One in three are the same opinions. So the Gemara says, Ika benayu. There is a difference. Bedina de Akrai, a temporary traveling Betin. Dashi, Betin Akrai, the Tanakama Takainan. Which means, according to Tanakama, even a transient Betin, which means, let's say that's a Betin of 23, they happen mm-hmm. to be traveling uh, in a on a field trip, but they got to a certain city. <laughs> now, they're really not, they don't sit in that city, but they're in that city. Right. Temporarily, there's 23, they blow in front of the Betin. ותהנה <laughs> Not even Kavua, just in the city, the Shofar can be blown in front of the Beddin. According to Rabbi El Azar, Yavne Bilvad, meaning only in front of Sanhedrin of 71 judges. According to the third opinion, not only in front of 71, also for the 23, but it has to be Kavua, like Yavne.